Hey, I'm Dom Wells, CEO of Onfolio, and this episode is all about the levers we pull when we acquire a business. And it might sound a little bit contradictory as we start the episode because I've just spent five episodes talking about how you don't need to grow a business in order to succeed. People who want to buy fixer-uppers have the wrong mindset or at least not a mindset that we that we share. Um, blah, 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 blah. That being said, I do want to grow businesses. That's just not the make or break of my success. You know, I, I, I mentioned earlier, I set myself up in a way that if I can't grow a business, I still succeed. But that doesn't mean I'm going to sit back and do nothing. Of course, I want to grow it. There's so many reasons why growing it is important. It's pretty obvious. And so this episode is going to be like, well, okay, I've explained to you why growing a business isn't the be all end all. But here's what I do when I try and grow a business. So hear me out. Sometimes the levers that you pull are different and sometimes you can pretty much try the same thing across multiple sites. Sometimes it's uh, little uh, wins or tactics that exist and you can implement them uh, with pretty much every acquisition. Um, and some of them, it's just going to be very dependent on on what it is you're buying. So examples of them are almost every business when we acquire it, a lot of these businesses are SEO heavy. Uh, even if they're not, they they still have an SEO element. So we always do an audit of the site's SEO because there's always something which is broken. Now, the, the thing which is broken is always different. It could be there's a bunch of broken links on the website. It could be Google Search Console is throwing up a bunch of schema errors uh, it could be the page speed is just super slow. Maybe the hosting needs upgrading. Um, a bunch of articles are out of date and need rewriting. Uh, if it's an e-commerce business, there's probably some some things that are indexed that shouldn't be indexed. Or you know, I'm going to bore you with the details. But the point is, we I don't think we've ever acquired a site and then done an audit and said, "Yeah, that was solid. <laughs> it was perfect. Uh, I'd, I'd love to." <laughs> but there's just always something that can be improved. And a lot of it is also down to different interpretations of best practices and opinions as well. So even if someone has a site that is flawless in their eyes, we might want to do something differently based on our own experiences. Other things we'll do are a lot of businesses we acquire, they they have an email list, but it's not very good. Maybe the uh, seller is not a sophisticated email marketer, or they just kind of threw it up there, but they don't really do much with it, or they just don't email that much anymore. Especially if you're selling a business, you kind of lose your enthusiasm for marketing heavily to your email list, so you just kind of stop. And there can be some good wins there, because often an email list drives a lot of revenue for a business. And so if you just email more or better, then there is a lot you can do. And I have talked about in other episodes, this is also somewhere where I think a lot of people make mistakes because they they look at a business for sale. They see something like there's 100,000 email subscribers that have never been emailed and they say, fantastic. But then when they actually try to email maybe no one opens the emails or maybe people are thinking well who's this suddenly emailing me and so it's not always such a like an instant win and you shouldn't buy a business just because of that but it's absolutely an area that you can improve on the thing that 
is really important when it comes to email is understanding exactly how it is that email generates revenue for websites anyway. Uh, for a lot of people, email is a kind of simple communication method and it's kind of people use it really in ways that are perhaps not the most efficient or, or in ways that don't get the most out of the the medium because really what what email is is it's the best way into a customer or a potential customer's life you can email them with a message or with a promotion or with um a question and it's it's a much more personal and intimate way of communicating with them compared to say social media and the advantage of that is that it allows you to really obviously communicate with them on a much deeper level now if you take email and you just email people once or twice a week with something such as hey here's our latest blog post or hey here's this thing do you want to buy it then you're really falling short so you might get some results sure and and you could increase the frequency of those emails and increase the results but going back to what we've been talking about over the last five episodes about building an audience and creating fans then suddenly email plays a much more powerful role so for us now one of the first things we'll do when we take over a business is run what's called a deep dive survey to the audience and a deep dive survey was made popular by Ryan Levesque who has the um, the, the course called The Ask Method and, and a book about it as well and I believe it was also touched upon in the famous 80-20 marketing book as well. But essentially, the idea is you're surveying your audience in a way that helps you to understand specifically what their problems are and what struggles they've had in finding a solution. Because that then allows you to really think what else you can offer. Because if you zoom out and you think, rather than just being an affiliate website in the space that isn't saying anything differently or helping our audience in a different way that another business isn't doing the same, then your kind of reason for being is pointless and you're not a good business, really. You know, within reason, there could be some times when it's perfectly fine. For example, if you're just reviewing a piece of software which people really get value out of, they might not have greater problems. But when you bear in mind what we're trying to build and the, the businesses we're looking to acquire, then you'll be able to see why a deep dive survey is really important because maybe we acquire a dog site, for example, and we ask our audience what problems you have. And they might say, well, no one really is talking about this problem I have with my dog or no one is solving this problem in the dog space. That's actually quite unlikely. But in many other spaces, there's a lot of unmet needs where it could be a particular product, it could be um, an info product, it could be a service. And a deep dive survey is a really good way of learning about your audience and figuring out what those unmet needs are so that you can then discuss the merit of well, creating a solution. And it's not a silver bullet. Sometimes we do a survey that's inconclusive or sometimes we misinterpret the data or we know exactly what we need to do, but just creating it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to make money straight away. You then have to market it and, and so on. But it's absolutely something that helps us to not only understand our audiences better, but to take steps towards 
serving them better as well. And it, it, it ties into that kind of long-term mindset that, that we have at Onfolio. So in addition to that, we might also look at what is already there, whether that's in the space or something that is already being served for our audience. Maybe we acquire a service-based business or we acquire a business that has info products. We can also think, okay, well, is there anything we can do better to serve our audience better or to make more money from doing this? And actually there is where you can find a lot of quick wins. For example, we bought a business, it was selling an info product. The info product was selling quite well and it was, I think it was $7. And we looked at it and thought, well, this is worth way more than $7. And frankly, if someone's going to pay $7, they're probably going to pay $19. So we put the price up and gave our audience warning before we were going to do it and everything. And we put the price up to $19. It didn't really affect sales. They carried on and we had now doubled that revenue source, close to tripled it actually. And so what we have now is the same revenue source making two and a half times the profit it was making before just by just by tweaking a couple of numbers on a sales page. And then in addition, Sometimes people, I, I touched upon this earlier, sometimes people have an email funnel which emails someone once a week and, and, and it, it's a profitable funnel. So you can simply say, well, what happens if we email them twice a week or three times a week? And in many cases, you'll just make more money. And of course, there is a sweet spot. If you go from once a week to seven times a week, then it might become counterproductive. People unsubscribe and so on. But you'll be surprised how often you can increase the free how much you can increase the frequency by and then there's other things as well such as well can we improve the marketing and these ones are harder because you never know for sure so it could be let's see if we can make a better sales page or let's see if we can have a better messaging for our for our audience or let's see if we can just design something to look better and those things they're in our playbook but they are things that I, I I consider them as the most questionable in terms of the predictability of their results because you just have no idea what kind of results you're going to get. And sometimes an uglier page actually performs better. So we can't sit down and say we buy ugly businesses and make them pretty <laughs> because sometimes the, the ugly businesses are the ones that make the most money. But it, but it is absolutely something we look at. And we, we did buy a, an e-commerce business three or four months ago, and we are currently completely overhauling the site because to some extent, even though what I just said about how an ugly business can sometimes perform better, and by ugly, I'm, I'm talking purely superficial, like how the business looks, like the website, the, the marketing materials and everything. Sometimes they do perform better, but in this case, we think this website is pretty ugly. <laughs> so we, we, we need to redesign it and we're bringing in extra functionality with that redesign as well. Now, so far, I haven't really talked about traffic, but Increasing traffic is another great way to grow a business, particularly if you're increasing a traffic source, which is fairly autopilot. So something like SEO, where if you rank number one or number two in Google for certain phrases, then you're just going to get traffic over and over again. So increasing the SEO is something that we pay attention to and also adding in additional traffic sources. We we have a, a Pinterest agency and so we're, we're good at growing Pinterest traffic. Social media can be good avenues. Sometimes there's things like Reddit or there's paid advertising. 
which can be very profitable as well. And again, in uh, two of the businesses that we've recently acquired, we have either started a paid traffic campaign or reactivated one that a seller had maybe tested in the past and then given up on. And if you can do that profitably, then that's, you can, you know, you can control how much you want to grow your business by. If if you can acquire a customer for less money than that customer will generate you, less profit than that customer will generate you, then traffic doesn't become a, uh, traffic is no longer a problem. And so we, we have, had a business that was um, producing around $30,000 a month revenue. So fairly small, but it was highly profitable. We had pretty good markup on that. So that 30000 might make around 15000 in profit. And when we started running Google Ads, the, the Google Ads may bring in an additional ten to 15000 in profit and cost less than ten to fifteen thousand to generate that profit. So really simple maths. Getting it profitable is is the hard the hardest part. But once you get there, you can generally scale it pretty well before it becomes unprofitable. And so a lot of the sites that we run, we haven't yet really maximized the potential with our paid traffic, but it is something in our playbook that we are fairly fairly quickly building out and so yeah it's an area that we are we are pretty aggressive pretty bullish on and it can be really simple it can be okay let's let's uh, start running facebook ads let's start running google ads let's do retargeting ads so people who are already visiting our business and not buying something for whatever reason we'll just advertise to them to bring them back and that can be one of the cheapest forms of getting traffic and it can also be the most profitable because they're not a you know a super cold lead and once you start bringing in profitable paid traffic then it's just a case of scaling it and increasing the 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 ad spend so i don't really consider that something that we do to try and improve a business it's just saying okay this is a profitable business it has product market fit how can we get it in front of more people and will those people can we get it in front of them for less than less than it the the profit we get so it's really simple some other areas we look at are seeing what competitors are doing and thinking, can we do something better than them? And again, that could be, could we beat them in terms of producing better content? Can we beat them in terms of producing better services? If we're, if we're affiliates and we're all promoting the same thing, can we create better content that will rank higher in Google or can we create content which will convert better or can we just you know, sometimes there's a competitor who's just doing a great job. And so you don't necessarily want to beat them. You just want to be inspired by them and say, what, what do they do? That's great that we can also do in a, you know, as, as non a copycat way as possible. Because again, it, it kind of goes back to everything I've been saying so far. And I'm really uh, <laughs> trying to hit this point home, but the idea is to be a leader in every space we're in and have competitors think oh yeah you guys are doing a good job and have audience members think yeah those are one of the best people in the space and how can you do that without looking at what other people in the space are doing now i'm gonna step back a little bit here and say there's more that we can do and a lot of it 
depends on the specifics of the business. One thing is that the majority of things that we do, we will identify during the due diligence phase. And so one, we're looking at these businesses and we're thinking, what's the risk with this one? What, how does it compare to other opportunities for us? Why should we deploy our money on this business as opposed to something else? A large part of that is going to be, well, what can we actually do to grow it? And again, <laughs> first question is, can we make sure this business doesn't die? Second business is, what can we do to grow it? And once we've identified all of those things, yeah, in reality, when you then take over the business and you start doing that work, it's not always going to go to plan. So we're always considering as we are onboarding a business in the first few months of, of taking it over, we're considering, well, what don't we know? What, what do we need to uncover? What surprises lie ahead and also what are the opportunity costs because a lot of this marketing a lot of these things I've talked about it's difficult and I think people often underestimate how difficult it is and and they overestimate their ability to execute many people think yeah I can buy that business and do one two three things and it'll double in value and you have to remember if it were that easy the seller would probably have done it already because they've probably spent more time than you have thinking about this business already so we're always asking ourselves, how confident are we in our ability to do this? If we are right, how, how, how much effort will it, you know, will it take us to do it? Is the juice worth the squeeze? And then of course, we're also asking ourselves, if it goes wrong, like, or it doesn't work or whatever, how much effort and, and uh, manpower do we want to have wasted? And well, in business, there's always going to be times where you do something and it doesn't work out and you can't you can't just avoid doing anything because there's a risk it won't work out but you also have to approach it from the mindset of is this the right lever to pull and is this where we should spend our effort and again that that all ties into what i've been saying about how if you buy something and it doesn't grow is it the end of the world and what that means is you can buy these businesses and you can look at all the opportunities you have and you can pick your battles and say we're going to do that thing because it's probably going to result in a decent ROI. And this thing is a good opportunity, but it's a ton of work and we don't even know if it's going to work. So maybe we'll spend those resources somewhere else instead, R rather than sort of creating this pressure for yourself where you've bought something because you need, you think you're going to get these amazing results. And if the results don't come, then you kind of you kind of screwed yourself and and so that's that's not what our philosophy is and we're always exploring and looking into new opportunities but we're we're also keenly aware that there's a a moderate chance that they're not going to succeed and and we're approaching it from that angle in future episodes i'm going to talk a bit more about some actual specific case studies and so you will get more more details there for now i'm not going to reveal our entire playbook and talk about some of the other things we do i think the purpose of this episode has really been to help you just understand some of the things we do and some of the things we're looking at and the considerations we make while while we're doing them and from there you can understand what i mean when i say of course we want to grow stuff but it's not the be all and end all